You're listening to The Pandemic Podcast, where we equip you to live the most real life possible in the face of today's crises. My name is Matt Bodker, and I'm joined with my good friend, Dr. Mark Kissler. Uh, he's a doctor at the University of Colorado Hospital. How's it going, buddy? How you been? Hey, good to see you, Matt. Uh, doing just fine. Thanks. Good. Good, good to see you. Well, you know, uh, Stephen can't be here. We're kind of, uh, everybody's becoming quite busy. Uh, so we're kind of alternating when uh, people can pop in. So I think Stephen's going to try and join us at least on Mondays and Fridays. And we'll figure out when Mark can as the hospital gets uh, a little bit busier. Uh, but a few things I wanted to just mention before we get started. Again, we could always use more reviews on iTunes. If you, if you get a second, please do so. It helps us move up move up into the ratings, uh, which helps us to make this podcast more available. And if you leave a comment, that'd be extra special. Thank you. As well as we have the Patreon website, uh, com slash pandemic podcast. If you want to help support this podcast, it's as little as $5 a month, not to make money off of, but just simply to help uh, purchase equipment and then maybe offset some of the editing so we can focus more on content. We'd greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much. But I want to get into, uh, Mark and I were just riffing uh, before we recorded about how uh, basically things have changed kind of dramatically in the sense of, you know, the first couple of weeks we had a lot to, re- to report on. And uh, now as things began to kind of transition, we're having kind of less to report on and, and more just literally dealing with the uncertainty of what's next. So we want to talk about a little bit about that today. Before we do that, I want to talk about just what's going on in our own lives. Because I think sometimes uh, my experience might uh, fare well with some of you have similar and with Mark as well. So I want to kind of throw out with Mark of, uh, you know, what's going on with you right now? It's been a couple of days. Uh, what's going on with you personally? And what's particularly, uh, we'd love to hear like a hospital update. So like, like, what are your perceptions? What's going on? How are you guys preparing at this point in time? Yeah, you know, things. Um, so we are definitely in a state of a lot of preparation right now. Um, and so there's lots and lots of communication kind of go from all the different levels and figuring out what are the ways that we can gear up appropriately um, and continue to put resources where they're going to be the most effective and the most uh, valuable. And so, you know, on a practical level, what that looks like is uh, we have probably two two meetings a week, at least as a whole group in the in the hospital medicine group. I know that the critical care group is doing similar things. You know, all of our uh, subspecialties, infectious disease is doing a huge amount of both internal work and then also work face out facing outward in the community in terms of education and and support and that sort of thing. Um, and even reaching across institutions too. So we've seen a little bit of that in sort of the Denver metro area um, as we're all trying to get to a place um, and maintain a place where we can take care of the patients uh, when they need it the most. Um, one you know, positive thing that I've seen in the last couple days has been that our testing capabilities have definitely increased uh, in the, in the hospital, and so that was something we talked about as being one of the major bottlenecks previously. And I think can you know it, it will be. Uh, it's just a difficult thing when we can't get immediate results, of course. But we're having much 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 faster turnaround times on our tests, uh, and uh, and really able to turn turn that around in ways that are clinically more actionable. Um, and that makes a huge difference just from our ability to appropriately triage patients, uh, and, uh, to appropriately kind of allocate the care where it's needed most and, and, you know, kind of safely, uh, just know, know, um, you know, if somebody's positive or negative earlier, uh, has a lot of downstream effects for us. So, um, those are, those are a lot of things 
folks I've been seeing. And, and it's been nice. It's also been great, you know, reconnecting with some folks that I uh, trained with or uh, that I've worked with in different cities and, you know, who are in different geographic areas. And we're like texting back and forth and say like, well, what's, you know, what are, what are you guys doing? What are some best practices? How do we share our knowledge? How do we create some synergy between our groups? Um, and, you know, looking at somebody sent out, sent grand rounds from a different institution that most of our hospitalist group watched. And, and there's just, there's the sense that, uh, that there's kind of a flattening of some of the information, you know, the, the ways of getting information. And so that's been interesting to see just from a, from a, uh, you know, other phenomenon that we're all kind of in this global conversation about how do we best address this uh, really pressing issue. Well, we, we were talking beforehand that you and I are, I think, really different, uh, well, similar, but like <laughs> in our professions, because, you know, you're being called in at work and there's a lot of opportunities to, to help. And I might be maybe more of kind of what some of our listeners are. And uh, it's it's been hard this past few days, because I think the first week for me was like, okay, full force attack, get our groceries, get, get, a, get a subscription subscription service, do whatever we can to have what we need make sure my mother-in-law is okay, or we have this plan for this. And so now we're not quite there yet, but we've kind of, we, we got the big rocks, I think, out of the way. So then with the big rocks out of the way, as we mentioned, now I'm kind of like going to this realm of what's next. And so I had this constant propensity. I don't know if you guys have the same feeling of like, I need to be working. I need to be working because I don't know what's going to happen. And so all I want to do is bury my head in the computer and find work and do work and constantly busy myself. And then this morning, uh, my wife wanted to work in the garden. I'm like, Oh my gosh, the last thing I want to do is work in the garden because I, I, you know, I'm a little nervous. I don't know what's going to happen economically. And I've got to try to find maybe some more revenue and what about the future? And so these things are always kind of buzzing in my mind But then, you know, we just forced ourselves to go outside and I would just literally dug dirt in these raised beds to kind of, you know, roll them over and get new dirt in place. And it was the most really incredible experience being so um, stuck in this uh, rather almost anxious mentality and forced myself to literally just be in the earth for a while, uh, literally grounded myself uh, and offered me a bigger perspective. And so I, number one, I just encourage people that if you're suffering from just anxiety or just stress, number one, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of uncertainty. And I, and in, in some sense, I don't think we're, uh, uh, we're, we're quite practiced in this area of dealing with uncertainty. And so there's just a lot of unknowns and it's been hard and I've been wanting to just to kind of keep working and it has been good for me because I'm just stressed and it's not good for the family and my, my boys want me to play with them. And I always constantly tell them not now. And so this is the sense of guilt of just wanting to, to, to be with them. I uh, really wanting to be with them. So, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's really important. You know, I think that's one of the collateral things that we are at risk of is that in addition to the virus itself, that we lose something of our, just our humanity in the midst of this. Yeah. Um, and whether it's our institutions and traditions, whether it's our sense of like, um, you know, our, our ability to kind of engage with, uh, the thought of other people, um, you know, people who are very different from us that we would, we don't want to get more siloed. And also we just don't want to lose touch with what's, what's right there in front of us. You know, the dirt, our family, sure. you know, the, the, the bulbs are coming up and these are, these are things that are really deeply human. And those are things that I think we can protect some from, uh, from the effects of the virus as much as possible. In some ways that's, that's the work is, you know, how do we stay deeply, deeply human and connected, um, through this really uncertain time. 
Yeah. And that's been, I think been rough on me and the family, just dealing with how would we, we be stay grounded in our humanity. And I want to preface this as well. I mentioned this one of the first episodes, that kind of tier of the Oz principle that we're, that we have these human experiences and Mark mentions off the air. And I think it was a powerful statement that he mentioned uh, that, you know, everybody's having a different experience of this. So some of us are maybe acutely, like I just have an acquaintance uh, I saw on Facebook whose brother is 25 years old. Uh, had to go on a ventilator, was in a self-induced coma because of the, because of COVID in Texas. And, you know, so yeah, I see my first kind of roughly close person that I know of being affected and clearly her, her experience is dramatically different than, than my experience, other people's experiences. And, you know, those experiences shape our beliefs and our beliefs shape our actions and our actions shape our, you know, the, the results of our own life. And so, you know, my, my experiences have been, you know, different and, you know, just dealing with working from home and the unknowns of future employment. I mean, who knows? I have no idea what to expect. And, uh, and, and, and trying to, um, properly prepare for that and be grounded. Right. So spending my time meditating, journaling for me, praying, whatever it is to keep a sense of grounding and not lose sight of that because it doesn't help me at all <laughs> to be, uh, to get out of anxiety because then I, I'm just short with my kids and, uh, and that's the most important thing right now. So. I feel like, yeah. oh, go ahead. Do you think, I mean, I'm, um, you know, and it, it, I'm sorry to hear about this person that's been really, you know, personally affected by COVID. How, and how has that changed sort of the way that you're thinking about it and the things that you're, you're engaged in? Cause it seems to me that, that in some ways that's what we need to do or just to continue to reach out and, and hear what other people are going through and kind of approach that with a certain type of, you know, recognition that, that the experience of our next door neighbor or of our close friend who we've always been in lockstep with might just be super radically different from our own. Sure. Sure. I mean, I don't know if it really changed much more. It just made it more uncertain for me. Because, you know, mm-hmm. he's 25 years old and I, you know, I kept, you know, like anybody, I'm like looking all over. Does he have a pre, like a pre-existing condition? I need to check that off the box. I need to check it off the box because that's, that's what we know. Right. And so if he doesn't have that, then it's kind of an unknown. I couldn't quite figure it out. Uh, and so, uh, I, no, not for certain, but it just made it closer to home. And then it made me wonder, you know, how long is this going to last? And, you know, you know, what, what do we need to be doing? And we'll talk about this, Mark, and I want to talk about how, you know, with this week now with, there's a lot of, there's a lot of critical reevaluation of the social lockdown and then my own take, you know, just like, what does it mean? Because, you know, again, our experiences shape the way belief. And it's one thing if you, you know, have plenty of money and you can ride this out, that experience is going to shape the way you believe about what we should do as a country, as an individual. Um, you know, it's always hard to be truly altruistic. Uh, um, you know, there's, there's always, there's always that kind of self-interested, which is, there is, there is an important part of being self-interested. You can't be so altruistic that you become a doormat for the rest of the world. Uh, but there needs to be a sense of, of altruism in it. And we do look through our own lens of just trying to figure out what we're going to do and, you know, how it's going to impact me and my family. So it's been difficult just with all these articles coming out, Mark, just like there, there's more than just one and just like, okay, so what's the best practice? And I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit of, you know, you've been reading this stuff. You've been talking to me about it a little bit and just, uh, there's just more, more turbulence in this particular area. What's the economic impact and is it, is it going to be worse than the actual virus? And just want to riff with you a little bit of what, what's going on in your head and what you're seeing right now. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's so hard cause we, nobody knows at this point, right. Um, yeah. everything that's been put out is, uh, kind of our experts, best estimations, the models, best estimations of what's going to happen. Um, but, but we don't, we just are, it's very hard. And just to even step back, 
you know, I want to kind of address that question directly, but even to just step back from that, I think that this is sort of a phase that we're, that I've seen at least in communities that I'm a part of here, that we're getting into sort of a more consolidated phase where Mm -hmm. the first part was everything was changing faster than we could even imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was all we could do to just keep up with the news. And now we've, we've gotten into this place where we're a little bit more consolidated, you know, it's here, it's affected things. Um, we've had, we've seen, some of the you know huge economic effects already, yeah. um, as well as health effects and systems and you know and, and the effects on individual lives of those people around us, and it's really hard for us, I think, to just tolerate some of that not knowing and to tolerate that ambiguity and to not rush to prematurely close this story. Um, because it's, you know, it does feel, I feel within myself that I have a tolerance, like, like a week is kind of straining my tolerance for (laughs) that degree of ambiguity, Uh you know, and now here we are week two, week three, week, you know, far more for people who've been in, you know, in areas like, you know, Pacific Northwest and, and yet we still don't have this feeling of closure and it's really, really, really hard. Um, and so just kind of just a nod to that, that part of, again, you know, just as much as part of the work I think is staying human, uh, finding ways to connect, not just within our communities, but across communities of difference. Um, that another thing is just like, how do we kind of shore up our ability to tolerate this sort of ambiguity and this unknowing, um, you know, and, and be prudent without being, uh, you know, kind of, Throwing, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so to kind of engage directly some of these articles, there's been um, what's felt to me like a huge increase in kind of op-eds over the last week where folks are talking about, like, is what we're doing worse than the virus itself? Is yeah. that, And essentially what they mean is that this global shutdown, this massive social distancing, is this actually going to cause the bigger problems, you know, problems of despair and loneliness and joblessness and sure. depressed economy uh, and these you know, really significant measurable outcomes and shouldn't we be pursuing? And then, then there's kind of a variable of, of different opinions, um, from these folks. And so some are, you know, we should maybe be taking a more herd immunity strategy and saying, well, let's all get it. And then we're going to have sort of a baseline level of immunity, uh, within the population. Other people are talking about very being super, super targeted, um, with, our uh, interventions, so our testing and our isolation and things like that, yeah. and really focusing on the high-risk populations, um, what's kind of been termed as a more surgical approach than this this kind of global shutdown approach. Um, I mean, I think as I reflect, they, they, they're good questions. I think they're really important questions, and they are questions that we should be asking. Um, as I reflect on kind of where these are coming from, I'm seeing a lot of epidemiologists, a lot of people who are really deep in the data and the models. Um, and at the sense that I'm getting from those communities, and you know, it's too bad Stephen's not here because he could speak even more yeah, directly sure. into that, uh, is, is not one that says, you know, let's let up a little bit on the social distancing right yeah. now. What I'm seeing is people are saying we're still at that very, very low part on the bell curve where you know, things are going to start taking off more and more and that this is the time when doing that distancing is really going to make huge downstream effects. And so that's what I'm hearing, at least from kind of the math, math you know, the mathy folks predominantly yeah. that I in and from Stephen and his his community, um, which I think is worth heeding. Um, you know, absolutely. And I think these, these other, there's some complexities and nuances to these other propositions, right? So um, take the one of selective uh, isolation. So we're quarantining folks 
particularly who are at high risk of mortality with coronavirus. Sure. Um, you know, I just think that it's difficult because we don't necessarily have the testing capabilities right now um, to super adequately screen whole communities for carriers um, yeah. and to do that kind of a surgically, you know, uh, directed quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um it's hard just with our current capacities. And and also, if the case numbers are correct that they're projecting uh, that we could see in the next three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, um, even if it's just the younger people with coronavirus, even that, if we just blew the doors wide open, that still seems like it's a huge increase in our baseline volumes for you know the, the patients that we would expect to see in a year, non-pandemic year. And so I think that... Um, that, that while kind of in in theory some of those ideas are really appealing, I'm not 100% sure that that's um, that that's going to be very viable or very feasible in terms of how you know how we could go about this differently. Does that make sense? No, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, Mark. And I I keep thinking about this Fox article that mentions this this they did a poll. I don't know how good the poll is. But that generally most people are in favor of some kind of uh, social distancing and lockdown, at least for a temporary period of time where there's some kind of plan in place uh, so that we can actually deal with what's ahead of us, which is really uncertain and unknown. What I think gives me a lot of uh, consolation, which maybe it's a weird way to say consolation, is this idea that we're, that we're in this together. And I mean, this. I know that our experiences are really, really different um, my experiences are going to be much different than someone who's actually in the midst of uh, uh, having coronavirus and maybe having suffering tremendously. And I'm dealing with just being at home and the uncertainty of maybe just unemployment or whatever. Maybe I have no idea. Uh, but it's one thing to, this is my own self-talk, by the way. This is how I deal with things. I want to share a couple of things of how I've been dealing with this. Uh, this week, last week was I need meat. <laughs> so uh, this week is uh, how do I plan for uh, my own budget and those kind of things. So we can feel the things that are inside of our control are actually uh, in, in our control. So uh, just the one the way I look at this is that we're in this together and there's help and there's assistance. We know we just saw yesterday uh, $2 trillion being approved to help the economy. And those for, for individuals like me uh, and for everyone else, uh, for many people, you know, giving uh, some money to each individual adult. I, I heard it was $1,200 $1, per adult and $500 per kid. Again, this is clearly just really a temporary solution. It's a Band-Aid to deal with a much larger problem ahead of us, but it helps. And uh, upgrading unemployment by $600 a week, which is which is helpful, and many other things coming our way to help us. And it's one thing to lose my job or lose a job in the context of a vacuum and a void, where then you feel like there's maybe less assistance. And here, there really is a, a global effort to bring assistance to everyone and so in light of that, I just want to bring a couple of things that I've been working on in my own life and hope it's, it works for you. Uh, as I, I, I kind of look, I'm always looking to what's inside my control. I mean, that's the most important thing. Um, I do whatever I can not to obsess or worry what's outside of my control, right? Um, there's most of the world is outside of my control, but there is a handful of really, really important things that are inside my control. And I've, I've done this where I've been, been so fixated on things that I really can't do anything about that. I forget about the, the things that are actually right in front of me that can really help me, uh, get leverage and find hope. And so, uh, I, I want to, here's a few things I've been trying to do, right? So taking advantage of these opportunities of those of you who have mortgage rates and mortgage interest, they're, they're dropping into, into a really great chance to, to refinance and to lower your monthly payment, which we're doing right this very second to help us just uh, to help our budget. We're just kind of fine tuning our budget. We're trying to buffer whatever we can. And that brings a lot of hope. Like again, we're doing something under control. 
to help us. And now I've heard a lot of things with rentals that if you, if you're renting that you could, there's a lot of opportunities to temporarily stop paying. Now I would probably encourage you to call first before you just stop paying, but, uh, but there's a lot of, lot of uh, opportunities for that as well. Um, you know, working with Fed loans, if you have federal loans, we do, we have a decent amount, uh, won't tell you exactly how much, but we have Fed loans. And so, uh, great assistance for there to stop uh, payment temporarily for that. And then we're looking at our budget, like just really well. Again, I mentioned YNAB. It's just such an awesome resource. I'm so glad I have it now because it just makes everything so easy to look through my wife and I to see what we can freeze up for a few months of what we really need. What we don't need, uh, what are, we have like our kind of our fixed, uh, uh, um, expenses, which we just can't move and budge on really. And then we have a big uh, array of like basically discretionary that we can look at and fine tune and just temporarily remove. Uh, so one thing I really highly encourage you guys to do to make uh, a spreadsheet of all your subscriptions, man, talk about subscription yourself to death nowadays. Mark, do you have like tons of subscriptions? <laughs> I, I, I've got a few. Yep. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's embarrassing. I put mine together. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not even going to tell you the number. So, uh, it's, it's like, Oh, that's five bucks a month. That's no big deal. When you do that, like a bunch of times, it really adds up. And a lot of things you don't really need. Like I have this like, you know, sleep tracking app that I probably really don't need right now for two ninety nine a month. So a lot of things I can, I can strip away. Um, obviously we're not going out much, so getting rid of our recreational budget, moving it to groceries and, uh, not really traveling much. So that fuel budget, uh, has now been uh, slashed and moved to something else that's more pressing. So those are some of the things that I've been, you know, working on in my own life just to help fill us with creative control. And my wife and I feel tons better. I encourage you to take that time to create a budget, uh, fine tune some stuff. Uh, just, it's a great thing to do anyway. So a great opportunity to do it as well. And in light of that, I want to mention a few things that I came across that uh, my family, some of them have been, been using already because of this, this, this difficulty, a lot of businesses have been offering uh, a lot of free services that they normally wouldn't. So I want to riff it. I'm going to put all these in the show notes. So I'm going to say these quickly and not mention all of them, but just a handful of them are pretty sweet. And I really look into it, especially as those of you have families, we have little rugrats going on and we need to keep them occupied. Um, and not always through just like blind lists or like, like just, terrible like videos nonstop, but something that might be educational. So the, I've learned, I've seen some, some things like a smart kick, uh, which is uh, like a math program basically for kids. Uh, so if you're homeschooling or have to homeschool temporarily, they're extending their free trial by 15 days to get your kids to do some, to do some math uh, on through an iPad or a smart device. Uh, there's, I, I'll send this random list of, uh, I, I curated from another website that had a bunch of Audible and Kindle offering free Audible books and free Kindle books and subscriptions and Microsoft Teams offering a free tier. And then for those of you who are in like the low income bracket, Comcast is working to offer free internet service as well. And to stay connected, Zoom uh, has, uh, has lifted their 40 minute limit tier, uh, at least for the K through 12 school teachers. Uh, but uh, so many other things for sports to watch sports for free, uh, at least from this 2019, 2020 season. NHL, NBA, tons of fitness apps that are going free right now. Peloton offering 90 day free trial, a uh, gold membership, their app uh, that you can do classes online just through their gold membership for free. Core power yoga is offering some free classes, many other things. Uh, Scholastic, which we have a number of books from them are offering uh, uh, access to daily learning uh, journeys. So divide into different uh, educational groups for pre-K to K, grades one through two. So you can check that out. And I'll, I'll end with this. I'll put everything else into, into the show notes. There's like Seattle Symphony offering live performances, the Met offering live encore performances, but there's 450 free Ivy League classes being offered for free right now. That if, man, this is a great time to shore up on some great skill. And I'll put that in the show notes of all the classes being offered. So uh, a lot of opportunities here as well to, to dive into some of these uh, offerings being used during our time 
uh, away from what are we, our normal routine of life, but just use this. Again, it's kind of this idea of going into this uh, discovery uh, mentality, which is the second pillar of what I call the ordered life. If you want more information at livingthereal.com, I'm going to hopefully unroll that in a couple of weeks. And uh, this idea of looking for the opportunity, looking for the gift and, and every hardship, Every hardship, uh, no matter how big or how small, offers a profound opportunity and a gift. And this is just a small like snapshot of this. What is to sure up your budget, to reconnect with some friends that you've never connected with before, and just to say, just to see how things are going, how they're doing. Um, uh, making use of some of the free resources that are being made available all over the globe right now uh, for your own well-being as well. Like I said, Headspace is a great one as well. Uh, but this really is a great time to discover the gift in uh, the circumstances that we're in, especially now facing the unknowns. And I think that might be a great way to end this episode. We went back to the very beginning at the, uh, of this episode and mentioned the idea that how things are changing and that uh, information was coming really quickly every day. And now things are kind of slowing the pace down and we're kind of ending, entering into this more uncertain time. So our episodes uh, are kind of changing in the sense of less information and in this sense, really probing, and I don't have all the answers. Mark doesn't have all the answers. Stephen doesn't have all the answers of like where we find the gift in this opportunity because that's one thing we want to do. How do you live the most real life possible in a difficult time, right? There are things that are outside of our control that we can do very little about, but there are things that are inside of our control. And one of the things is looking at the gift in these circumstances. And if there's one thing, I remember talking to a boss one time, I'm mentioning how, like, how do you know if you see transformation? How do we evaluate personal transformation? And that's a hard question to ask. Like, I, how, how do you evaluate personal transformation? It's one thing to like know if people walk through a door to invent, and then the next year there's double the amount of participants. So success, win, you, you scored. But transformation and what that actually looks like and defining it, it's a hard, uh, enigmatic, kind of abstract concept. And I remember thinking about it for a few minutes, and this is kind of where I first had this seed of the gift idea is, wow, I think personal transformation for me and for our particular uh, uh, area of life is to transform a student to the point where they can actually leave the university and, and undergo a hardship, right? And the first question they ask is, where is the gift in this? Where is the gift in this? If we can do that, I think we've transformed lives. And so that's our desire, I think. I think that's our desire for you guys to be able to help in any way possible to see the gift, right? Not to fall down as a doormat and, and surrender. That's not what we're trying to say. What we're trying to say is what are the opportunities to shore up the vulnerabilities, um, to, to, to evaluate the risks so that you come out of this a better person. I think that's the most important thing of this podcast and this episode. So I so appreciate you guys hanging in there and listening to us. I hope we provide, provide value to you and continue to do so as things shift and we really begin to probe all three of us of looking in our own lives. Where is a gift in this? And we have no idea what, what Friday will bring or Wednesday will bring. Uh, today's Wednesday. So maybe we'll say Friday. I have no idea what day is what anymore because I work at home. Uh, all I know is that when the sun goes down, it's now dark. And so that's the only thing I'm sure of. And then when the sun comes up right now. So um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope you can uh, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done it before. If you have any questions, you can then uh, either, uh, text, uh, not text message, but Twitter, uh, Stephen, S-T-P-H-E-N-K-I-S-S-L-E-R. Uh, and then as well as for me, if you have any questions about the podcast itself or ideas, M-A-T-T-B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R. I'll put all these references, these free resources in the show notes. Again, check out livingthereal.com. Sign up to be notified when it relaunches. And we thank you for listening. We'll see you in a couple of days. Take care. Bye-bye.